Welcome back to Whose Game Is It Anyways, where the critic scores don't matter. I'm your host, PlayStation 2 Carry, and today we have our first contestant for 2020, Alex! Come hey. on the stage, Alex! Hey, Come on. PlayStation Come 2, on. thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course, of course. So let me tell you what we're going to do here today. You and I, I'm going to ask you questions. You're going to win no money at all, but you will get a little special treat from me if Ooh. you get them all right. I'm not okay. going to tell you what it is yet, but if you win them all, I will. Ooh, I'm now, very excited. I'll try very hard. Now, you along, uh, you at home can also win something special. If you listen to the end, there's a special funny surprise, I bet. I'll put it there. Um, <laughs> but... But then what we're going to do as, as two people, we're just going to sit down and have a conversation about the games we've played in 2020 after this. Man, I love Whose Game Is It Anyway. I'm very right. excited for this. Whose Game Is It Anyways transitions from a game show to a podcast so quickly. Never so quickly. once touching on an improv show. I love it. Let's do it. Never once. So, um, God, we're just getting right into it, huh? I really thought there would be like a little bit of a buffer in here explaining what's going on, but no, I appreciate it. Let's I tried go. to. I explained it, right? You did. <laughs> you did explain it. You the did crowd, let people know the that one of whose game is it anyway, and PlayStation True Carry's going to interview me. The crowd in the back is just looking at each other in confusion, trying to figure out what's going on. I paid $80 for these tickets? <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start the questions, all right? Get mm -hmm. ready. Get ready, all right? I am ready. What is the top-rated game of 2020 by Metacritic standards? By Ooh. their critic standards. Is it The Last of Us Part 2, Hades, Demon's Souls, or Persona 5 Royale? And we're going by Metacritic critic standards, correct? Critic scores, not user score, just critic score. I have to assume, if we're going strictly by critic scores... Oh, it's either Hades or The Last of Us Part 2. I'm going to go Hades. I'm so sorry. Damn it! You are incorrect. It is Persona 5 what Royale. <laughs> That's the best game of 2020, folks. We missed it. Back we haven't it played up. it yet. Back it up. Damn it. My special surprise. It's Can we just pretend I got that one? Yeah, we can pretend. What if I only have to give 50%? I feel like I'm not going to get 50%. All right, let's say you have to get a B, B minus. Okay. I'll do the grading later. <laughs> All right. Only for PC. Okay. Only for okay. PC. I'm getting what? rid of all my PlayStation and Xbox knowledge. What is the top rated game? Is it Factorio, Half-Life Alex, Hades, or Cyberpunk 2077. Well, Cyberpunk reviews dropped literally today, the day that we're recording this. <laughs> yep. uh, and I don't counts. think they were exclusively favorable. So I'm going to say... What was the one after Factorio? Half-Life Alex. Hey, I'm going with that one. That feels right to me. I am so sorry. God it is Factorio. It. That's fine. I I, you know These what? I should have known. don't they? <laughs> I should have known you were never going to pick that game for uh, PlayStation 2, Carrie. I'm bad at this. You sure are, but that's okay. We've got a lot more questions lined up. This one's all right, a little all fun. All right, I'm ready. This I'm ready. a little fun. 
Okay. I, I, I need, I need your help time. in reading some things. <clears throat> oh. We're going to play the worst rated game ever. Womp, 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 womp. Okay. Um, I'm going to send you a couple descriptions for some of these games because we've never heard of them, I'm sure. Okay. So far, we have Tiny Racer, 13, mm -hmm. Dawn of Fear, and Pong Quest. Interesting. Okay. okay. I'm going to send you I'm going to send you the description for 13. Go ahead and give that a read. 13 is a remake of the cult first-person action game that was initially released in 2003. You play as 13, a man without an identity, in a solo campaign with numerous twists and turns. Inspired by the eponymous graphic novel, the game features a completely reinvented and unique cel-shaded design, and 13 players can also take part in fierce multiplayer fights. The country remains in a state of shock following the assassination of President <laughs> Sheridan. Ed Sheridan. You missed the ad. <laughs> Sorry. Um... <laughs> Uh, you wake up wounded w and with amnesia on a deserted beach on the East Coast. The only clues to your identity are a tattoo of the number 13 near your collarbone and a locker key. Even though your memory is failing, you discover that you have the reflexes of a highly trained professional fighter. You set off in search of your past, discovering that you played a role in the murder of the President of the United <laughs> States of America and revealing the most astounding conspiracy ever hatched in the country's history. And I'm proud to say, here and today, I will commit to Thoughts from Player One covering the remake of 13. <laughs> yeah? You think so? It sounds fucking sick, dude. It sounds wonderful. Um, okay. <clears throat> Tiny Racer. I'm going to read you Tiny Racer. Okay. Pick your tiny car. Push the gas down and start the great race. Try not to fall on Monkey Bridge. <laughs> Hold on tight. And, <laughs> Hold on tight and be careful on the ramps and forest jumper. Watch out for sharp turns in the first in Rock Haven. <laughs> okay. Don't let the messy kitchen beat you in cooking madness. You're just listing all the levels. Yep. <laughs> just speed through the sun vents and sun surfboards right in the finish line and beach party. Play alone or have fun together with your friends, kids, or parents. Everything thanks to well-balanced and easy-to-change difficulty settings and local multiplayer. Start a tournament to unlock new maps. Be the fastest and become the champion. Improve your skills with the time trial Race on your favorite tracks in arcade mode. Pick a wacky oh my card. God. Choose the absurd track and what let the, the race begin. Three, two, one, start. Wow. Right, I'm going to give you Dawn I, of Fear. Go I ahead. really want... So let me just right quick. I love yeah. that description, and I want every game description to be written in that way. Yeah. I would love to see Super Smash Bros. Ultimate written in that way where they have a distinct <laughs> line for every single character in the game. I would also I... love to see something like like a like FromSoft Bloodborne written in that description <laughs> where it's like unravel the mysteries of old Yarnum, fight your way through the cleric bit, like just every single thing lined out in the order you would do it. I think that'd be a lot of fun too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really great. I, I quite like that one. Uh, here's uh here's the description for Dawn of Fear. Oh no, this this is target. Yeah, have your name in it. <laughs> When Alex returns to his childhood home after a tragedy, what he finds is a world of madness and cruelty from which he does not know if he can escape. Help Alex survive using logic to solve puzzles, manage your ammo, and avoid being dragged by the horror that permeates the house. Do you dare? I love manage at your ammo. <laughs> that one. It's a little, little out there. Uh, Micromanage that one... your ammo. 
That one, yeah. that one feels like they don't really. That I can tell just from reading the description. There's not as much game there as in the other, the other two. Sure. Pong Quest. This is the last one. Okay. Then you'll have to tell me which one of these you think is the least least rated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Embark mm-hmm. upon an epic adventure in Pong Quest as you take on the challenge for king and country in a journey across numerous themed dungeons populated with all manner of paddles, puzzles, and balls. Fuck yes. Customize your hero and take the challenge. <laughs> Hold on. New- <laughs> Where are you struggling? I don't understand. <laughs> so it's not just a series of Pong games. There's an RPG mechanic to it. Correct. And take up the challenge in the new Pong Battle gameplay featuring over 50 different types of balls, each with their unique abilities. <laughs> okay. Uh, solve puzzles and gather precious loot. There's loot boxes. Fuck yes. As you uncover the secret of the orbs on a journey to unlock the mystery of the spooky door. <laughs> Play with up to four other players in multiplayer mayhem battles. Select your balls and perfect your own loadouts as you clash with other paddles for supremacy within the Pong universe. Fuck yes, dude. Th- Holy shit. They had to add within the Pong universe so they didn't. You know, to just say for supremacy. <laughs> no balls, no problem. Play with classic rules and show the world who's the best paddle on the planet. Okay. Interesting. Right. Okay. As again, Tiny Racer, 13, Dawn of Fear, or Conquest. Which gonna, one is the worst? I'm, I'm going to lock in early. I think it's Tiny Racer. Final answer. You are correct. Yes. It is Tiny Racer. Oh, racer. Good job. Can you guess what came on next? Just as, ne- a, as a bonus. Next, I got to assume it's Dawn of Fear. It is 13. Damn, Fear, really? Then Pong Quest. It's literally in order. I didn't ne- realize I did that. Wow. The rest nice will not job. be like that. <laughs> yeah, okay, um, sure. <laughs> we're about <laughs> We're about halfway through this. All right. About halfway through. What is the worst recognizable game? I went through, I combed through, I picked the more recognizable ones. Okay. <clears throat> okay. We're still doing Metacritic yes, user or er, critic scores. This is all, the next two are all based on Metacritic. Okay. The worst recognizable game. Is it Blair Witch, Crisis Remastered, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, or Jump Force? With what I have heard. I have to narrow in. I think I'm going to lock in. I think I'm going to lock in. I think I'm going to go Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Ooh, you're so close. That was the Damn second it. one. That was Damn the second it. one. Jump Force. Was it, was I was going to say Jump rated. Force. Damn it. Yeah, I, I think that it had more fans to be upset about them doing bad anime interpretations mm, that makes sense that tracks i get that but also damn it i won't you gotta remember them. these are by like, critic scores not by user scores i think if we went by user scores you'd have a better fight for final fantasy crystal chronicles because people were mad about how they did it yeah i really I think, ah i thought i'd have that i'm one for four right now Duncan. yeah you're failing but <laughs> i think later you'll get you'll get it better okay aren't there two more questions most average game Oh, my God. Fuck off. I found the exact, exact middle. Okay? Okay. Okay. Is it? And you'll you'll know these games. I made sure to pick recognizable games. Mm. I only got three. After Party, 
featured from Thoughts from Player One. Of course. <clears throat> One Step from Eden or Coffee Talk? I think One Step from Eden is critically appreciated, I think. Mm. Mm. Coffee Talk, I don't know much of anything about. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll learn about it in an upcoming episode. Um, so I think I have to go with the other option. <laughs> After party? I think after party. After party, look, we played, we discussed it. I cannot think of a better word for it than average. That's (laughs) not true. I can think of a slew of better words for it than that. But Yeah, I I agree with that. That is where I would put things on, but Mm -hmm. the most average game of 2020 was Coffee Talk. Really? Yeah, yeah. After party got lower, I believe. Wow. All right, all right. I'm fucking terrible at this. This is where Alex really gets to get his score back, all right? This one's worth triple the points, all right. All right, this is a lightning round, Alex. Oh, okay. I need you to name as many games in 30 seconds as possible that are on the top 50 games list. Oh, fuck. Okay? Okay? Okay. All right, I'm going to write them down because I don't have the whole list, and then we'll do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Starting now. Hades, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake probably made it on there. Last of Us Part Two definitely made it on there. Um, um, Persona 5 Royale probably made it on there. Um, oh, fuck, what else came out in 2020? What else came out this year? Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, that's probably on there. That one people liked. Um, shit, um, Demon Souls might be on there. I'm going to say that. Um, I'm going to say Assassin's Creed Valhalla might have a place on that. I don't actually know if it does or not. Um um oh fuck um shit oh you're all out of time that was 30 seconds that was 30 seconds wow that's shorter than you think it'd be right right all right did i get did i do good did i do good quick okay (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. wowie wow alex got seven games in 30 seconds that's not bad. That's more than a game every five seconds. That's good. That's good. Divide that by two. Add that to your score. That's how much you got. Uh, you got three more points. Okay. How many points were the other questions worth? Don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. All right. Now we're switching to some games that we know. That we know. Oh, okay. This one. Uh, this one. This one. I feel good about. This one. I feel like I'm in the. I'm in the zone. No more fucking tiny car bullshit. <laughs> tiny car. What game have we played in 2020 that's the oldest game? What's the oldest game we've played in 2020? Okay, and I do I do have a list here of games we have played in front of me. It does not have dates on it, so I'm not trying to remember this out of anywhere. That's I'm going to say, looking at the list of games we played in 2020, I think the oldest one was probably... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Virginia. Final answer. Are you sure? It was either that or Little Red Lie. <laughs> I am so sorry, Alex. I don't know when Fran Bo came out. I didn't think it was that long ago. Oh, oh, there it is. It's Damn it. Fran Bo, followed it. by Undertale. Fuck. Undertale was long. Damn it. I forgot about Undertale. 2015. Look at those dates, Alex. Wow. It feels so fresh, though. I know. I know. Damn. All right, this one I think you're going to get. Okay. Okay. Now we're moving on to facts just about the games we've played here. Okay. Folks, um, 
Outer Wilds. Name all the planets. Okay. All there right. are five of them. We got Giants Deep. We yep. have Hollow Bastion. That's not it. Uh, it no, is. that is a Kingdom Hearts <laughs> world. <laughs> no, so we got Giants Deep. We've got the Ash Twin. We have the Ember Twin. Um, we have what the fuck is the name of that planet? I'll get it. Don't. Brittle oh, Hollow. Of course. Brittle's Hollow. And. We also have. Are we counting the? Are we counting um, the? Okay, so we're probably not counting if there's only five. The big seed planet. Holy shit, Duncan! It's so much harder when you're in the hot seat. I they know. don't tell you that. Uh, <laughs> they don't tell you that on whose line is that anyway. <laughs> Regis Philbin doesn't. Um, whoever doesn't say, hey, just so you know, when you get up here, it's real hard to answer the harder. questions. Yeah. Um, Timber Hearth is the starting planet. I gotta mm-hmm. get the the fucking seed though. Bra- uh, Bramble. Dark Bramble is the seed. Also, you the, have gotten inter, the Interloper and the Sun Station. We got uh, yeah, those don't brittle. Count. We got the the la- the Brittle's Lantern. I think is what it's called. Um, I think you named them all. I think I did too. I think yeah. that's all the celestial bodies you can land on. Hourglass Twins, Timber Hearth, Brittle Hollow, Giants Deep, and Dark Bramble. Good Hell job. yeah! Good job. Whew. All right. That scared me. I almost fucked up the one game on this list I care about. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay. Where does Cloud make his debut dance scene? He makes his debut dance scene at the Honey Bee Inn and Wall Market. Correct! Woo! Woo! All right, all right. Moa era. Okay, this one, this one we've talked about more times than anyone else on this list. Point out the true fact. Sima was the goddess at the end of the game that you spoke to. They encouraged you at the end of the game to read Catcher in the Rye. The world they were actually in is spelt Moaria, spelt M-O-E-R-E-A. Okay. Okay. They didn't encourage you to read Catcher in the Rye, I don't think. We made fun of them talking about Catcher in the Rye because they had a high school level understanding of that book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say... The the goddess you actually talked to's name was the thing that you said. Wait, sorry. The the that Sima was the goddess at the end you spoke to? Wait, no, that's not true. That's not true. No, Sima was a character in that game, so it's gotta be that last one then. You are correct. The world <sighs> they were actually in was the was the game title, but smushed together to be M O E R A E to be Moeri. That sucks. That game <laughs> ruled. Go listen to our Moe Era episode and then go listen to our 100th episode where we talk about Moe Era again briefly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the Sonic movie. We have four Okay. More, okay, four I'm ready. I'm ready. I like these. These ones I feel like I have a shot at. What attracted Jim Carrey to the role of Eggman? Was it that Carrey felt like he could give Eggman, quote-unquote, a new scramble? Was it that his daughter was a big fan of the Sonic the Hedgehog games growing up? Or was that the comedic villain role had always interested him? Okay. So, I think the second two are... They make sense. I don't know if Jim Carrey has a daughter. I will say... There's no way when writing this question, when feverishly writing all these questions down, you thought that you he could give Eggman a new scramble. So I'm going to say it's number one. Wait. So you're going to say it's Carrie felt like he could give Eggman a good scramble? A new yeah. Scramble? I, that, that, if, if it's not number one, then fucking bravo. 
Yeah, I wrote that one. Damn, that's so good. <laughs> Thank you. That's it was so that, good. It was that his daughter was Damn a it. fan of the Sonic the Hedgehog I didn't games. know if he had a daughter. I didn't want to put all my money in that basket. This is by IMDB Trivia, by the way. So that might okay. not be true. So, well, okay. fair enough. All right. <clears throat> You're so close. You've been doing so well. So well. I mean... In What Remains of Edith Finch, which one of these animals did Molly not transform into? Okay. Was it an owl, a shark, a hawk, a cat, or an eel slash tentacle? Okay, I know she was an eel tentacle. I know she was a cat. She was some creature that could fly. I don't remember if it was a hawk or an owl. I think, I think she was a shark before she was an eel tentacle, but I don't remember if that's I true think- or not. I think it was went baby shark do 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 do. Baby shark do 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 do. Baby shark. I'm Cat. gonna say. Oh, go ahead. I'm gonna say an owl. I'm, I think she turned into a hawk, not an owl. Ooh, I'm so sorry. She oh, did indeed turn into an owl. Hawk damn. was the false. Damn it. Okay. That was a tough one. That was the toughest one yet. Three more. Fran Bow. How is it three more? Two questions ago, you said four I more. I miscounted, all right? This is three more. Fran Bow, okay. how many realities are there? And what reality is our reality? Oh, you fucking shitter. Can I go listen to the intro to our Fran Bow episode briefly? Nope. I'm going to say there were five realities. And which one is our reality? Four? Correct. Oh. Good job. There are Ooh. five realities. We live in the fourth reality. Ooh. Good job. Good job. All right. The next two are Undertale-related questions. They get two slots because well, I know course, a lot about it. Of course they do. Fucking of course they do. <laughs> couldn't, get, couldn't get one fucking Hades question in there. Couldn't bother anything like that. No short hike. It's fine. Okay. All right. All right. Let me make one of them a Hades question. Couldn't Who's find the, the Divinity Original of 2 question. <laughs> okay. I actually looked for a Divinity question. I could not find one for the life oh, wow. of me. That's fucked up. I could get you so many right now. All right, oh, go I on. Give play me the game. <laughs> I All right. I All right. Who is the king of the underground in Undertale? Okay. Is this a multiple choice one? Um, no. Is it Asgore? It is Asgore. Correct. <sighs> okay. Okay. <clears throat> this is this is the tricky one. This is the big points. This one's worth double. Flowey features a voice clip at a certain moment in the game, stating, "That's a wonderful idea." This clip is taken from a famous clown. Oh, fuck me. Is that clown Pennywise, Ronald McDonald, or Krusty the Clown? Toby Fox clipped this. What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sampled it, you might say. Okay. All right. We can figure this out. So, Flowey... We got, we got nothing to work from here, boys. Pennywise um, feels on the nose, but I don't know if that, you know. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to lock it in. I'm going to lock actually, it in with Ronald. Hold on. Would you like to hear the clip? If you have the clip on hand, yes. That's a wonderful idea. I take back what I was about to say about it being Ronald McDonald. But not completely. I'm actually gonna. I'm actually gonna go back and lock in Ronald McDonald again. You are correct. Woo! Everyone, give a big round of applause for Alex. Great contestant. Great contestant. That was more questions than I thought it would be. No, no. PS2 carries got to go in the back and do 
PlayStation blow. <laughs> <laughs> so you run along now, what little child. The fuck. <laughs> Goodbye. We can't. That's defamation of Jim Carrey. We can't do that. Or True Carrey. <laughs> oh, I don't. Could be either. You got it, dude. Even Drew Carey knows he did blow. Come on. Everybody did a little bit of blow. Come on. Yeah. Come on. It was the 90s. Yeah. Are you ready did to- Did Drew Carey uh, do blow? Who? Drew Carey? No, Jim Carey did blow. He said he was going to scramble up the competition. <laughs> <laughs> that famous quote where he was fucking high off his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is not a not game related, but I, you know, I just I wanted to give a I wanted to just let you know uh, because it feels like a big monumental moment for me. We're coming to the end of 2020, kind of like a, a new a new rebirth. You know, I as an adult for the first time in my life today had a McRib. Okay, okay, let's talk through that. Okay, you know, we've never gotten the chance to be a podcast that just kind of does whatever we want. But we've been never very structured. Yeah, yeah. Famously, I would describe us as very structured. <laughs> yeah. So I think <laughs> at a, this point... Kind of a This American Life type podcast. <laughs> I think as gamers, we're allowed, you know, one or two moments. Where yeah, we I mean, this is like, McRib. I got a McRib from McDonald's as a gamer. This is kind of like a trip to Mecca, I feel like. Sure. That, tell know? me about your experience. Well, I ordered a McRib... Um, and then the guy asked me what sauce I wanted with that. And I was what? very confused because that's not a thing that you choose. So I said, uh, barbecue sauce. And yeah. he said, oh, my bad. I mean, what sort of a drink do you want with that? <laughs> uh, and so I said, Dr. Pepper, because I'm not a heathen. And then I got to the window and she's like, yo, we're all out of Dr. Pepper. Oh. Um, so it was a very disappointing experience. But then I got a McRib and I got to come home and I got to, to eat one for the first time ever. And let me tell you. That shit sucks. That's no good. Well, you know what's weird about the McRib is they make it look like there are bones in there. <laughs> they give it the, the like, it's a little the fucked up. It's a little fucked that, up. That they there do. are bones in there, but there are no bones in there. It um, sucks, man. It tastes bad. What did it taste like? Uh, it's like, honestly, it tasted kind of like, um, it, it, it had a very hamburgery texture, which was a problem for me. Because it shouldn't have had a hamburgery texture, but it just kind of tasted like, like, like somebody described what pork tasted like to somebody, and then they said, mm. "Yeah, I can make that," and they fucked it up real bad. Because like the pockets of sauce were good, but the rest of the meat just didn't really taste like anything. I can almost it, like, um, I can really close my eyes and imagine tasting a McRib right now, and I've never had one. Are there pickles on there? Are there there are pickles on there. There's pickles and mm. onions. Yeah. Mm. See, I I knew it. I knew, knew I can just that's feel kind of, it. that's wild. Honestly, I didn't think there were any condiments on there. So the first time I got a pickle up in the gourd was, ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I Thank think you. I will die before I eat a McRib. At I think that's the right choice. Not I was a, there. I just I didn't want to not have a McRib before I died, and then I ate a McRib, and I decided actually I did want to not have a McRib before I died. So learn maybe, from my mistake. Maybe next stream I'll have a McRib. If someone dies in Danganronpa that is McRib-esque, perhaps. Now, that's an interesting premise. <laughs> we've, been, we've been playing Danganronpa, which is maybe a good transition to talking about games we've played in 2020 uh, yeah. on stream. Where, Check out our Twitch um, stream. Yeah, please do. It's just uh, thoughts from player one. Yes, 
I'll link it in the description. And um, we've been drinking, we've been making cocktails or drinking beers or something like that to to tee off the fallen, the fallen because high schoolers mm. die in this game by other high schoolers. So um, great game though, check it out. Um, there's also well, mods. Great stream. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's great talk stream. about that. We've been playing Danganronpa. How do you actually honestly feel about it? I genuinely feel like I think Danganronpa is one of those games that is a lot of fun for you and I to stream because, you know, we get to do voices, we get to make dumb jokes. I think it softens some of the hard edges when we're kind of commiserating, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But I think the game feels very bad. Uh, mm. because, And I think a lot of that is because it is a, a very Japanese visual novel. Uh, and I mean that in like kind of the cultural way that a lot of Japanese media takes its time and lingers on things that it, it it doesn't necessarily i don't know that it's not a trust with the audience thing but it do, it just it'll be like hey here's this idea we're gonna keep hammering it in your head or like here's this like complex thing that the uh you know primary character is understanding uh and we are going to walk you through their thought process in a very slowed down step-by-step -step sort of way as opposed to you just like inferring that sort of entire process naturally um which is okay but it really makes the fucking game take a long goddamn time. So we've played Especially probably if you're everything. Yes, if you're reading it for a stream, um, it, it's it's excruciating at times. So I think we've played. How you think we've played like 15 hours of that game on stream now? I think Maybe. we're five parts: two, four, six, eight, plus four, twelve. I think we've played about 12 hours. Yeah, maybe maybe a little more. I feel like most of our streams are two and a half hours or so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're you know the thirteen to fourteen hour mark. I feel like really we've played four hours of game. Like not much has fucking happened in this game so far. Well, I feel like not much has happened, but there's you've gotten. I know this sounds stupid, but I feel like you've gotten to know these these characters not in a way of like there's so much depth to them, and you know you've gotten mm -hmm. to know them in that way. But just like I feel like I've gotten to know the writer actually. Like, I've gotten to know how the writer thinks. And that's, like, some fourth wall meta stuff. You know what I mean? Now, that um, is true. That is true. Uh, um, and how desperately they did or did not want it to be edited um, down a little bit. But I've been I've been loving it. You know, it, it's, it is partially the stream. But also, I just kind of like it. It's so – it's corny, and it's, like, corny at times. And then sometimes it kind of hits you with that uh, – with that, that, that curveball – um, I think they um, they do a good job of making you feel like murder's right around the corner, but it never comes, and you just have to keep talking with people. <laughs> and it's almost like a torture on you. Like, the game's all about the despair of the students, but sometimes I feel like I'm in despair because I'm literally just waiting for someone to die. <laughs> I was going to say, I want to put together a fucking YouTube clip that's you saying right now, I've been really enjoying it, followed by five minutes of you going, come on! What oh, the yeah. fuck? Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, sometimes... <laughs> I think something I've learned recently is that is that sometimes bad things are good you know sometimes something that you think you don't like you like because it makes you feel something that's not like an intense emotion of just being like this is beautiful this is art sometimes yeah. you just need some trash 
Um, and not like, For oh, sure. this is like a trash reality TV. Like, you just need something that's poorly written, and you get to goof on it because it makes you feel mm-hmm. better about yourself. And you're like, I could fucking do better than that. You yeah. couldn't, though. I know to be fair, I don't but, like, think this game is poorly written. I think when it's written, like, when it wants to, it's written really well. I think there's, like, interesting acts, like, interesting pieces to each character, and I think there's interesting relationships. And I think the game is genuinely very funny. I just think it it really drags itself out to the point that all of those high points feel very muted compared to what they should feel like. Yeah. I feel like if I was playing this game by myself, which I plan to play the second and third one by myself, even if, if, if or if we stream it, either one. Wow. Um, I, I'd probably click through a lot of it. <laughs> like, you know that, what I yes, mean? That is the like, other thing is I think this game would be, it would be a better game not playing it on stream because you wouldn't get so hung up on the long dialogue. But also, I... I am enjoying myself on stream quite a bit because I do think it's a really fun game to, to kind of goof on and talk about and do funny voices for and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's um, it's it's very stylistic and beautiful. So that's just one of the games we've played in 2020. But we've played also it'll be the so only thing we'll games. actually beat in 2020. The only game we'll beat on stream. You know. Yeah, because I don't know we, if we'll we actually start- beat it in 2020 though. <laughs> Oh well, we definitely won't. But we've started a lot of games and we've on that stream and we've not completed a single one. But I think this is the one. Oh, this is definitely the one. I'm way too invested in this game to stop. I, I care I'm, so much about that little it. bear. I don't give a shit about that bear, but I swear <laughs> to God. I swear to God. I have some predictions, and if they're right, I'm going to feel so good. Okay. Well, next time we're on air, voice those so that everybody knows how smart you are if you're right. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Um, But we played more than just Danganronpa in 2020. Let's talk about some other things that we did. We did. So are we gonna are we trying to limit this to games that we have a shared lexicon of that we have played for the podcast or stream, or are we just talking about anything and everything? I think just everything and anything. Just free it. You know, let's just be do free. It. And we didn't say this at the top, but this is kind of a uh, you know it's, it's gonna be a chill episode because we've had like really busy busy weeks and you know coming off of a holiday going into another holiday. It's just sort of a you know. Hey, let's 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 take some time. Let's celebrate the games we played in 2020. You know, like let's not do a game of the year thing or anything like that. But let's uh, let's just let's take a little bit of time and enjoy it. You know? Yeah, sure. And then we'll um, we'll close we'll close the year out with the banger for sure, guaranteed, no question. We'll close the year out with the banger. Alex is sweating right now. It's it's malfunctioning his mic. It sounds like he's a robot now. <laughs> <laughs> it said so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll hear it back on the recording. <laughs> Fuck! I'm editing this one. God damn it. <laughs> Shit. Well, what are we going to talk about? I- I'm passing question. this ball off to you. I'm done hosting. No, that's fair. Uh, I want to talk about because I do. I do think it's interesting to kind of look back on a lot of the games we talked about in 2020, and um, not necessarily because I think we did a lot of this with our like um, our what is it, our four year episode mm-hmm. when we talked about like, hey, let's rank all these games. Um, and I think it's interesting to kind of look back on them and say, hey, do we feel the same way we did at that time? But I want to talk about um, games we've been playing not for the podcast uh, and and maybe just sort of get a little bit of a vibe of of what your gaming life has been like in 2020 off podcast. Because I feel like, you know, look, I'm not going to give a spiel, but like gaming this year has definitely been different than it has other years, like every single hobby in the world. Uh, and I think that we've tried to keep a kind of a consistent vibe with this podcast throughout the entire year. But I feel like the games that I turn to for joy have like in, in my in my free time have kind of taken a little bit of a shift in terms of what I look for for the most part. 
Um, and I want to I want to see if that maybe rings true for you at all, or if maybe I'm projecting that on, my, on myself and it's not even true at all. But I think it could be kind of interesting to analyze the types of games that we've spent a little bit of time with off off mic. If you think there's something there, yeah. Uh, well, for for um, our our Thanksgiving episode, I did mention that I was playing World of Warcraft, uh, which mm-hmm. I've been playing more of. I played a couple months before Shadowlands dropped, and I honestly, since it came out, I we've only played like maybe two nights maybe one <laughs> night um but we got to get some more in but it's it's a uh, it's really nice but it i think it's nice just because again it's an escapist uh mm-hmm. sort of thing where i don't know if we would have been playing it and not the the situation we're in so it's kind of it's enjoyable in that way but other than that i can't think of too many other games that i wouldn't be like if we didn't have a pandemic going on i probably wouldn't not play any of the games that i'm playing that i'm playing in this year um yeah i think think it's really the main one that's affected things yeah i I think that is kind of indicative of the type of thing i'm talking about right it's not that there are it's not that these are games that i wouldn't have played otherwise right and i'm looking you know when i'm talking about games like this for my end i'm talking about games like satisfactory i'm talking about games like among us i'm talking about games like um god what's the other fucking one i spent so much time with point is i'm talking about games where there is less of a um less of a narrative hook to it and part of that's just because i play a lot of them for the podcast now but less of a, a narrative hook less of a uh compulsion to not drop it and move on to something else right one of the games that i was really excited for this year was the last of us part two i think i played about four hours of it and i wasn't even not enjoying it but it was just i was not in a headspace where i wanted to play something like that like i didn't I didn't have a reason to force myself through, so I just sort of dropped it and moved on, right? You know, you want games to like social. Yeah, I mean, I want I want social interaction. That is a huge part of it. Um, I got really into Valorant for a while this year. Played a lot of that. Um, I have since picked up League of Legends again because a couple of our friends are playing that. Um, so a lot of these games that I don't necessarily even think I'm enjoying that much, a lot of these games that in 2019 I did not have any interest in playing at all are games that I've ended up putting a lot of time into. Um, and I think... As I have gotten older, I have valued social gaming experiences more than I did when I was younger, which is not to say that I didn't like play a bunch of you know local co-op games when I was younger and love it. Um, but it's just that I find you know that shared experience to be more meaningful to the point where like I'm you know making cool progress and satisfactory. And as I'm putting it together, I'm like, man, I can't wait to show this to like Duncan and Michael and Josh and be like, hey, look at this cool thing I built because it's like. <laughs> It is still for me, but it's also like, I don't know, this like shared environment, the shared space we all have feels so much more important than it did obviously last year. But even, you know, five years ago, it just it feels like, hey, this is a this is a thing that I can share with other people and we can get a collective joy and a collective like, you know, bag of uh, like jokes or. Uh, interesting ideas that we can all pull from and share and know what we're referencing. And I think that is like, it's just so much more meaningful to me than it was before. And I don't know how much of that is 2020 and how much of that is just me getting older, but I vividly remember in like 20, this has to have been 2012, maybe um, 2012, 2013. One of my friends who I'd met in college, who was uh, like four or five years older than me, like we were just chatting and he was talking about his gaming experiences and how life had, you know, changed for him and how he found it difficult to go back to like single player story focused games because he just wanted to be you know doing something else or how if he was playing a single player story focused game he would enjoy like being on skype or discord with somebody else and like Mm -hmm. chatting while he was playing it and at that time it was like a 
how the fuck would you do that? That sounds awful. And to some extent, you know, I'd still like most of the games we play for the podcast. I want to be, you know, in a room by myself, quiet uh, and not dealing with anything else. But I think that that idea has become like so much more palatable to me that these experiences we have inherently lose something if they can't be shared in some way you're down the road whether that is you know you experienced it together or you streamed it to your friends or you had somebody else who played it and talked about it and i think that has really really been amplified this year Um, and i think it's driven me to games that have that built in in some particular way where it's not that i have to you know stream or express what i did that was interesting but it's just that somebody else has that exact like experience ready to go and ready to share with me. Uh, and, and I think that that's been a really interesting revelation to see how important that is to me this year. Yeah. And it also, it's kind of like it, 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 that makes sense because I, when I think about games that I played that are either single player or are single player that have the opportunity to multiplayer or like good games that like I can imagine you or Michael or any of our other friends playing. And it's like, it's like that's the first thing I want to do is I want to be like, hey, 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 there's this game I've been playing. It's called <laughs> Sat- Satisfactory and like you build factories and stuff. You should check it out because like I want to I want to share that because I can't just like stream. I can, but like I, I don't think it's as valuable to just stream a game to someone and be like, look at all this cool stuff I've made in this game that you mm-hmm. know nothing about. And like yeah, it doesn't sure. really resonate with them. So I think. When you're just like, when you play a game and you're like, this could be a thing for everyone, you get that idea in your head and you like start to think about what you could show and what you could share with other people and things like that. And I think that is, that's really true. And that, um, that happens more than now that I think about it than, than I'm probably used to. Uh, I was mm-hmm. thinking, I think I was thinking too linear of just being like games that are multiplayer period. And I think yeah. you expanded really nicely on that. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's been an interesting an interesting ride for people getting to that point. Uh, we also we both mentioned like Michael and Josh. That's not that those are the only people I want to share with. It's just that they're the only people this podcast would understand. So I don't want to you know mention people who nobody knows the name of. Right, right. Yeah, one of my friends outside of uh, outside of this group um, and I. Pretty much the only game that we play anymore is just Fall Guys, uh, <laughs> and it's just such a easy platformer that like that we can we that we can mess with each other on on because that's like that was kind of like part of our relation growing ship growing up was just kind of messing with each other and you can tell how that resonated in me today because <laughs> like i don't ever mess with anyone or you know, pull any cool pranks um, no never uh so yeah fall guys is really nice it's been a great game for 2020 for me because it's just been like an easy way to sort of push my friend off the cliff of things and uh and and sometimes it's fun by yourself um yeah super and casual and i think that like that the the games that made it to hyper popularity this year speak to that type of experience anyway right like some things like fall guys and among us that just absolutely dominated the conversation for a period of time either when they were released or when they got popular again right like you can definitely see that this idea of creating a shared experience regardless of what it is is much much more important to people this year than it was in previous years it feels like oh yeah uh, among us has been out for like four years or whatever like right yeah yeah yeah. well yeah i think i think games like that have been talked about quite a lot but i can't really honestly i've been in it i've been in it with all the popular games you know what i mean like i played i mean i didn't play as much among us as like a 
like a YouTuber desperate for content would, but like <laughs> I played, I played yeah. some, let's see here. I got 7.4 hours. I feel like that's a pretty decent chunk. Yeah. Um, that's not bad. Yeah. I, I think, but I've been into those games. Usually I, I that is interesting. Cause I, you know, if I look back on my, you know, my steam history to 2019, that's kind of what I'm using as like a, like a touchstone. And I look at some of the games I'm playing, played that time. And, you know, of course I've launched other games since then, but I'm not seeing any multiplayer games in here that like were big. You know what I mean? Like that just wasn't really a thing I did. The biggest one I'm seeing is Dota 2. Um, and I'm and never touching that again. Say we've excised that tumor. We don't need to worry about Dota 2 anymore. Right. We're, we're on that league train now. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I also got into Worms in early 2020. That was really great. Um, that, that that game rules. Every yeah. Worms game rules. Uh, I have not played the newest one that is like a, have you seen this shit? Uh, this is not maybe like interesting content, but it's <laughs> have you the, seen this? the new fucking worms is like a uh, action. So it's not turn-based. It's like an action shooter battle Royale. That's 2d. What? It's like, I mean, some people have said it's good, but I'm like, that's not fucking worms, man. What is that? That's not uh, that. Mm, I don't you know, know what about it's that called? one. Worms battle Royale. I don't fucking Ooh, know what it's called. Battle Royale. It's worms Sorry. 2020. It's uh worms rumble. Worms Rumble, yeah. I think it might be free. I don't know, but it looks like Splatoon. It's fifteen dollars current. Okay, I and I look. I would have loved a new fucking Worms game because Worms is awesome. But this is oh, not is what it I like want. Two D. Oh, it's like two D. Yeah, it's like the Worms environment and movement and stuff like that. But you know, real time and a battle royale. Yeah, this does not look like my thing. This looks like no. This looks like it's going to. I mean, this is kind of what happens, right? Is like, like I mean, we we battle royales are still pretty hot, but like, I mean, you're gonna have all these games that that people get interested in because it's like connected to an IP they know, or it's like, um, you know, it looks like it has a fun gimmick. But the second you drop in player count, this game is gonna be useless on your Steam list. Yeah. And like, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I think people are starved, like get like real starved for content where they're like, if they don't get 300 hours out of a game, it wasn't worth the $5 they paid it for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like people really need up. to be more open with just being like, oh, got it. Like, you know, this game is $15 and I will spend at least 10 hours on it. That's like $1.50 an hour. Like, yeah, dude, if I spend... <laughs> 25 if i spend 40 dollars on a game that is three hours long but it's a phenomenal three hours i consider that a good use of my money like of course yeah and we're we're in a very privileged position to say that obviously there's a lot of people with whom 40 dollars is all of the money they have to spend on gaming for the next three months or whatever in which case i totally understand that but these are the people making that argument are largely people who are like i buy three games a month and if it can't last me at least 60 hours it's garbage you have too much time someone i knew someone i know it played i played risk of rain with him and he has uh 38 hours in it and i think around the 30 hour mark he said you know what this game's content dry and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) you spent 30 hours on this game of course it's gonna be a little content dry now like it, it it's so deep you're so deep into it you know everything that happens you know that's so much time that's yeah. a lot of time to get out of a game. Yeah. Also, I, I mean, that's bullshit. I have 124 hours into Risk of Rain 2, and I could easily put more time into that game. 
Yeah, we got 226. That God game rules. Should we should we talk about that game? Good lord, we spent a lot uh, of time. Risk of Rain game. Two is the only game that you and I have ever played that we've put a lot of time into, and we've both played together a lot that we haven't turned into content at this point. That's true. Maybe we should stay that way. It's pure. <laughs> it's pure in that respect. You know. You know. <laughs> you know what hit right though? What what hit right? You know what hit right at the right time? What hit? Final Fantasy VII remake. Just at that right time. Just at so, that right COVID time. I um this shit's on the brain for me right now because uh one of my friends recently started playing through the Final Fantasy Seven remake and literally finished it today. And so uh for my entire hour long lunch break at work, I was just <laughs> on the phone with him talking about Final Fantasy Seven uh, remake and how much he loved it and how uh, and I quote, he said it had to be on the list for the best games he's ever played. Um which That's I think awesome. is like deserved i think is deserved um but it's definitely one of those games that i have like in retrospect like really really appreciated the things that did right um yeah because i think in the time when we were talking about it we talked about like liking the game a lot i think everybody walked away from that game pretty positive but that some of the like more significant pacing issues really took us out of parts of the game um and i mean this is just how it always happens but the more time I spend away from that. The more time those pacing issues don't bother me as much as they did before, because Isn't that obviously, so beautiful. It is. It's like it's become such a perfect shining example of like really, really. And I, oh, I want to go into spoilers, but I won't do it because the game's not even a year old. Um, sure, sure. It's become such a shining example of like here's how you can do a remaster or a remake in a totally different and unique way. And it's like I'm looking at this list of games we've played and like. It is the only one on this list that has is in the unique position of being a piece of art made by people who are reckoning with the history of the art that they've made. Yeah. And that's so, that's so fucking beautiful. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, maybe it, Sonic movie. Maybe the Sonic movie. Maybe the we Sonic also have on this list. Well, that's different. That's, that's not a game, though. That's not a game, though. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. It's based on a game. I'm I'm so happy. I'm so upset. Actually, I was gonna say happy, but upset <laughs> that like the Sonic movie is sort of going to leave our our yearly lexicon. You know what I mean? Like it's going mm-hmm. to leave us. It'll always be in my heart. But what a special experience! Not a good episode, but what a special experience! Not a good episode. Not a great movie, but a special experience nonetheless. Yeah. Well, um, what was specifically special about that man is that was like. I don't know why I wrote down it came out on August 21st. It, it did, not, did not. No, we went to see <laughs> it opening the, weekend, which was February. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was February. It's just so crazy because that's like the last thing I can. I'm sure it's not true, but that's the last thing I remember doing before like being like, okay, I should stay indoors. Like is going to go see the Sonic movie. <laughs> Isn't that so fucked up? <laughs> it makes me think about death so much because it's like. It's like what's the last what's the last movie you're gonna see? What's the last game you're gonna play before you pass? And it's gonna be something dumb like like fucking the Sonic movie or Worms Rumble on Steam. You know what I mean? Oh like, man, I fucking <laughs> love the image of you talking to your grandchildren forty years in the future and then being like, Granddad, what was the last thing you did before the world went on lockdown? <laughs> well, I gathered together some of my closest friends, and I went to go watch a children's movie about a blue hedgehog. Let me tell you about the little <laughs> podcast I had. 
That's called Thoughts from Player One. You may know it from the top one one podcast there are. <laughs> we had a really good marketing strategy to delete every other podcast on the web. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. so. I I am curious though, um, because I think the the current rumor is that the Final Fantasy VII remake Part Two is going to come out in 2021. Um, I don't know if that's true, but I think that's what people are currently like. Holiday 2021 is the most um, anticipated guess at this point. Uh, and I don't know if you are planning on doing this, but my question to you would be, as somebody who did not play the original and somebody who is who has maybe just like enjoyed the remake, would the Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two be enough for you to buy a PS5? Because there's no question. way that shit's coming out on PS4. It's a good question. Holiday, if it was holiday 2021, then yes. Yes, probably. You think? Yeah. I think by then there'll be another version of it or or they'll fix anything that's going on. Because there's definitely got to be something that goes wrong with it. It, it always does. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, there's already issues of people saying like, hey, if you plug in an external hard drive, which is like important because it's only one terabyte of storage internal, that like it can occasionally just crash the whole console. Fun. Yeah, I think like by that time they will be available, and uh, yeah, I would do it. I I think, which is which is fucked up, right? Because we talked briefly about that on the podcast episode, where it's like this is such a smart marketing strategy. Is like, mm-hmm. okay, let's make a part one for it, and then when we have a new console, these little dumb weeaboo babies are gonna have to buy a PS Five to finish their little weeaboo story. And goddamn it, they got me. Because I wasn't planning on buying. I was was actually thinking the other week. I said, I'm probably not going to buy one. I just said that to myself. Like, I like Sony, but I just just don't need it. You know, I'm trying to get less things. I'm trying to be more Mm -hmm. conservative with my money. But, like, I need that weeaboo stuff, you know? You need that that sick weeaboo story to finish. You need to know who Sephiroth is and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fucked. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, I mean, it it is 100% like if... If you said to me today the Final Fantasy VII remake is coming out on January of 2021, I would be following every retailer on Twitter trying to find when I could buy a PS5 so that I could get it <sighs> yeah. in January. You're right. I'd take a small loan out for that. I'd open up <laughs> two new credit cards. My credit limit's usually around 250 so I can make that happen. <laughs> I'd take a predatory loan out at a 25% interest rate and do in two months and just sort of see what happens. You know, that's fine. Yeah. I gotta support Cloud and his good friends. Yeah, and I can't watch a let's play of it. No, that would be fucked up. Um, Gross. That I yeah, I think that that's interesting. And I'm looking at the list of games we've played this year, and I will say, I think this year more than any previous year we played. I feel like this year we played more games that were not AAA games than oh, yeah. than any previous year, and I do. How do you feel about that? I, that's like it's obviously Good. it's an extremely Happy. broad question. <laughs> Happy, um, dude. I can't. I don't know, man. I just I can't play games like that anymore. It sounds like I was talking with someone the other day, and they're like, "Are you excited for Cyberpunk?" I'm like, "I don't know. It just maybe it's good, but it just kind of looks like other games I've seen. Like they mm-hmm. all, they always just kind of look the same, and I just I'm just kind of done with it. I, I don't know. I can't. I can't see myself really enjoying that many AAA games anymore. Not to say I won't, not to say like, 
like i'm an indie boy for life don't come at me with that triple a garbage <laughs> but like i just they don't attract me they don't allure me in the way they they just kind of like these like watch dogs assassin creed ass games just don't mm-hmm. really draw me like spider-man looks really cool but like i don't know it just doesn't really bring me there it feels like so, it's going to be a big sandbox they're going to have missions for me and have to go from place to place fight a couple guys and then go back to the hub like so i, I don't know it feels like so many of them that i think that maybe speaks less to triple a games and more to open world games um, because everything you so just described, yes, I, I a hundred percent open world games are the game that people are making right now. And I think that sucks because I don't want to play an open world game because I'm just done with it. Um, cause it just, it's too much time and too much bad content. Um, I am interested in cyberpunk, but I'll probably wait a month because, uh, at, like I mentioned reviews dropped today and apparently that game is buggy as shit. Um, yeah. so I don't want to play it just yet, but I, I wonder I wonder how much of it is you not being interested in AAA games versus how much of it is you being interested in this kind of expanded, more interesting space that exists kind of a little below AAA, but not quite like indie level games. Um, Because I I do think there is like a a wealth of studios right now that are not, you know, they're not, you know, making Call of Duty or Assassin's Creed or, you know, they're not a Sony first-party studio, which I think they do generally pretty good stuff, but um, but there is this huge wealth of studios that still have a significant amount of money, so they can still do, like, larger projects, but they are also able to take kind of bigger swings, right? I, again, I think this is maybe not, like, a, a totally reasonable, com- like, example, but I do think that Supergiant is, like, very... Um, emblematic of the type of studio I'm talking about, where it's like, hey, it's like sure. 20-something people. They've got enough money from successes that they can do whatever they want, kind of, but they are also making, like, non-standard things. Everything doesn't, like... I think I think part of this is also a lot of AAA games go for the same visual style of, like, look at these super good graphics we can make now, um, and that's just, yeah. like, it's fine, but it's kind of boring. Um well, I so guess I, that I, makes me ask. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I I wonder how much. Like, I I am curious how much of it is you are against these AAA games versus how much of it is you are interested in this um, larger area where you can get maybe a lower production value but a higher like degree of interesting swings taken. That's not really a good metric, but you know sure. what I mean. No, I I get what you mean. I think, I think you. I think as time has gone on the term indie game is so messed up. Like, yeah, that's just not a thing that I really, I try to remove it from my vocabulary because the, the indie game scene or range or whatever you want, like the game range of different studios is so different now. It's like, like is super giant an indie studio? Well, I don't think so really. I mean, they have a small team, but that doesn't, you know, like they're Mm. independent, but they're not like, like if you want to say independent, then sure they're they're indie. Yeah. But like when I think of an indie game studio, I think of something much smaller and less, even like less successful. Like success, I think even comes into my mind of like what indie studios look like in, in my head yeah. or like. But you anyways. imagine like one to five people working together, not necessarily in like a a nice studio space, but rather like hey, these are like a very small number of independent developers. And I think Supergiant's up to like 20 people or whatever, you know, it's not, 
it's not it is not the same indie team you would describe for bastion though i think it is literally the entire team that created bastion is still there but like it's a different it's a different beast when like indie is just a indie game is a bad and nondescript term so if we're gonna if we're gonna continue to use that i guess that i like i think you could even start to classify things like if triple A is like Call of Duty and stuff like you could go double and single A. But yeah. what I like to think about is like a the way I think about it is would would a relative know about this game? Would it when would there be a TV commercial for it? If it does, if it's either of those two things, in my mind it's a triple A game. Like I see, I don't agree. I don't agree because the immediate example that comes to mind is Among Us, and I think that was made by like three people or whatever. That's not a triple-A game, though. Right. There's but, no TV commercials for But that. a relative would know about it. All of my okay. relatives have heard of it. I'm saying both, though. Like, Okay. It like, needs both to be... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, And obviously, if there's a commercial, most likely my relatives know about it. But like, it, I think I think it has to be heavily commercialized. Cyberpunk 2077. Definitely yeah. AAA. Last of Us. Definitely. Cyberpunk Half-Life, 2077. Ironically, commercializing itself extremely. Yeah. Well... And like things like Half Life, Half Life Alex, probably not commercialized, but still like you know what I mean. Like that's still a triple A thing. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and then you start to get messy because it's like Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Like that's a big fucking studio. Like that's a bigger mm-hmm. studio. But is it an indie game? No, not really. It's it's complicated. But anyways, going back to what you're asking, I think it's more about people trying different things. Than, mm-hmm. than anything like you said that's not my my interest in in triple and stuff like that but it's not always like that it's just most likely like that like i feel like my my percent approval rating for for what i would consider triple a games has just dwindled significantly in the past 10 years mm. yeah i think i can generally agree with that but i don't i don't think that is a qualitative statement on triple a games uh because i i just don't right like i'm, I'm thinking about 2020 you know? yeah I, I, if i'm thinking about 2020 specifically i'm thinking about the triple a you know in air quotes games that came out in 2020 final fantasy 7 remake i would consider a triple a game that came out in 2020 and that is one of my favorite games that we played this year right call of um call of duty modern warfare did that come out in 2020 or did that come out in 2019 i don't remember it's yeah, right on the it's right on the edge so it doesn't matter I like I I love that game. I put like forty hours, fifty hours into that game playing with my brother and some friends. Like that, there's a lot of fun. Um, but then there's just there's a lot of things that are continuing that I'm not interested in. Right? There's there's a lot of you know, like uh like you said, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and and Watch Dogs and these these like big open world marquee games that I don't care about. Um, and you know again things like The Last of Us Part Two I don't think are necessarily bad. They're just not games I'm I'm 100% interested in. But I, again, I don't think any of these are necessarily bad games. I, I don't think this is a qualitative judgment no. on AAA games. It's just that partially because of this podcast, we are playing such a wide variety of games with interesting narratives or interesting narrative hooks that are not designed and intended for a large audience. They are intended for a smaller audience that is, like, actually actively looking for these types of narratives, or they are intended to be, like, you know, that they just don't have the, like you said, the 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 mass appeal and the monetary budget to do, like, commercials and, and, and to get, like, general populace that maybe wouldn't engage with games all that much, like, playing them. And I think that has, it, it's just influenced our 
enjoyment of this type of thing so much, right? Like now, if I play something like a like an Assassin's Creed that has maybe a mildly interesting story, but also has like 35 hours of fluff and a lot of repeated content, like I am much, much, much more critical of it than I would have been two years ago or three years ago or four years ago. But I think a lot of that just has to do with the uh, amount of games we play that fall into this kind of middle space where you can still see a decent level of production quality, but you get an actually like interesting uh, narrative hook or idea in there. Um, so I, I hesitate to say that like I think my approval of these games has gone down more than I would say my interest in these games has dwindled. But I don't think that they're worse than they were when I was younger or anything like that. I just think that I have a higher need for uh, engagement in a, in a unique or novel way than these games are are able to provide at this at this stage in my life, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I. I can agree with that. Just, yeah, I, I think it's just a lot about time as well. Like, it's just like, I need, I need the, <laughs> I need the most in the short, shortest amount of time, which is like the opposite of Hades. But well, no, that's not true. <laughs> that's just, that's just a lot of good stuff in a lot of time. Like the, yeah. the ratio, the ratios have to be right. It can be long. It's just the ratios have to be right. Well, and I but think I that's, mean. But Hades was also the most in a short amount of time because every minute you were playing that game was enjoyable. There was right. not dead time anywhere in that game. You were either getting interesting story and artwork and music or you were having a blast trying to fight your way through like a really interesting and engaging encounter. And most of the time it was both. Yeah. But I also so. like Duncan Ropa, so like fuck me, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess on the other <laughs> hand, you want your time to be wasted by rote storytelling. So I don't know what to. I, don't, I can't really help you out there. It's campy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, I think it's an ongoing conversation. But like, when I really look at my like game shelf, I guess I haven't bought a game in a long. I haven't bought a. I haven't bought a PS4 game since Final Fantasy VII. And before wow. that, I probably haven't bought a PS4 game before that. My Nintendo Switch, I don't think I've bought a game in a long time for that thing. Maybe a couple digital releases, but, like, that's about it. And it's kind of like, I don't know, I feel like that's hmm. dwindling heavily. Um, and maybe that's because I don't have people over. Uh, a lot of console things are, like, fun because you can have more than one person, like, playing on a TV. Because you can't, like, gather around a computer. That's That's horrible. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I just don't think... I just think I'm changing, not like that the that the games, like you said, the games around me aren't changing. It's just because I'm changing. Um, like, hmm. I'm not going to get into Dragon Quest right now. Like, <laughs> it's too late did, in my life for I, Can that. I tell you, I did think about when I saw the new Dragon Quest was on sale. I was like, you know, I've never played a Dragon Quest. Maybe it's good. That um, might be fun to stream. Wink, wink. See, that, I, look, that could be fun to stream, but that would put Final Fantasy XV on the backseat, and I'm not willing to make that choice. Oh, man. Are you going to stream FF15? I'm not committing to streaming FF15, but when my new computer arrives in a couple of weeks, I do think I would enjoy streaming FF15 at some point. I would love that. Huh. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's, that's that's a fair point, right? Because I have – it's been – I was trying to think when the last PS4 game I bought was, um, which is unfair because I bought 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, like – two weeks ago but i haven't played it yet so that doesn't count yeah, but i think you're count. right Pri prior to that it was i think the final fantasy 7 remake and prior to that it was i don't fucking know but it was a long time ago <laughs> like yeah and i mean even look at your like recently played steam list i just don't see like 
I see Dark Souls 3, which didn't even come out this year. Yeah, and I bought Dark Souls 3 like three years ago. <laughs> and I mean, Satisfactory is on there. Baldur's Gate 3 is on there. Like, I, I play a lot more games on the computer than I do in uh, on consoles. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of that happens to be with the fact that, like, you know, Again, smaller, interesting indie games kind of come out on and, and, and PC releases a lot more. So that falls into that category of games we were talking about that tends to draw us in more than otherwise. Um, but I, partially also, again, that, that ties into what I was saying before, which is I can buy a game like Satisfactory and, and stream it to you guys. I can sit in a Discord call and chat much more easily than I can on a PS4 and like... What am I going to do? Sit on a fucking PS4 and be like, "Hey, you guys want to join a? I'll, I'll call your cell phone, and then we can Dude, just they talk." Have a chat. They have a PlayStation chat. And, and I did that. And again, uh, I, I played through all of Bloodborne recently with my brother. Which, hey, stay tuned. Um, and that's what we did. We we chatted on the PlayStation Four like party chat, mm-hmm. which fucking sucks. Yeah, um, but we did, we we did that. Like I bought a special fucking mic that could plug into my headset easily because all I have is the USB mic, so that I could I could do that and like chat effectively it was a good time and everything like that but that is a much more cumbersome experience than just hopping into a discord server where all of your friends have access to hop in at any given point and like playing games together um and i think i don't know i just think that's like inherently changed like changed is wrong it, it hasn't changed it has solidified the way that i am enjoying games in my life now so much more now that gaming is like one of my only social out- like my social outlets now are gaming or walking around my apartment <laughs> complex talking on the phone which is you know i can only do that for so long and it's it's yeah. really changed my my interaction with uh with with games and where i'm interested in playing them and and everything like that i think maybe permanently maybe 2021 i'll be taking that back i don't know but it's uh it's it's well, been a, a year of subtle changes i feel like well it's made me wonder like cuz i was <sighs> I was talking to my mom who who does live she lives by herself um mm-hmm. and like um two people around her recently like may or may not like a little covid scare um mm-hmm. and she can't see like anybody and even before that she doesn't see too many people and I was thinking I'm like what can what do you what can you even do like you know like you can watch tv and like I'm like yeah well and I'm like it's like should I like like can I send my mom a game like you just think about this this time and I I think this is like Mm -hmm. the last probably uh, we won't be talking about like the state of the world in a while uh, yeah we haven't we we haven't really done it in this podcast up to this point but I think it's impossible not to in this one and I will let ourselves talk about it this time you know yeah and I think like I think about that I'm like man I spend so much of my free time when I like want to relax playing games. And like, mm-hmm. if I didn't have anything else to do, like, I don't know what I would do. I'd probably find like a useful hobby. But like, if you also don't have that, like, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, sometimes I think about it. I'm like, do what other people enjoy this? If they, ha- if, if the, if the gate, wasn't felt so high like i feel Mm -hmm. like for people who don't play games um whether it be like for a generational thing or um feeling like they couldn't or like you know some shitty gatekeeping that happened in their lives it's like a monetary thing you know they don't have a way to play games right now yeah exactly it's like how how would that change their 
their uh, their day to day. You know what I mean? And maybe it's just because it affects my day to day so much. I project that, but I feel like there's some enrichment that comes to play in general and you can play in other ways that do not yeah. involve video games like you know like like sending each other I, I i think even like sending each other emojis on text is probably a form of play you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you're trying to be goofy and like do dumb things or whatever like sending gifts uh but like i just wonder like engaging in that play how healthy that is for your mind when you have to spend all this time alone I mean, I would, I would, I have to assume it would be incredibly healthy. Like, I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm not a psychologist, right? But my understanding is there has been a lot of research done on the impacts of play on people um, throughout various stages of their life. And I know specifically when, you know, you are a younger child or adolescent, the the idea of play is supposed to be pretty important for developing your mindset and, and helping to, like, form a lot of these um social relationships and and social stigmas and things like that but i I, it is really hard to to do that separation like you said that like hey this is a huge part of my life so i probably give it more weight than it would happen to other people's lives i think part of that um because I'm like going through this right now with my mom and trying to get her to play you know, different situation. She's not living alone or anything like that, but I'm trying to get her to like, Hey, play games. I think this is a fun hobby. You're retired. You're bored all the time. Like you'll enjoy this. Uh, and I think, you know, yeah. it's largely, it's been successful, but I think that there is a, um, <clears throat> maybe a, a hump that people don't realize you have to get over to enjoy games as the version of play that you, you choose to engage with, um, mm-hmm. where there is just a, a standard vocabulary that you and I and people who play games regularly have um, about, oh, do this action or do this, right? And if it's not a vocabulary, we have an ingrained set of information about, okay, well, if I want to move in a video game, this is the control stick I use on a controller. These are the four keys I use on a keyboard. This is how you move your mouse. This is like a general idea, right? So there's I cannot think of a game in recent memory where I did not have a comfortable grasp of the movement within 35 seconds of being able to move in that game, with the exception of maybe flying the ship in Outer Wilds from time to time. But, <laughs> dude, let me let me pop your ass into Microsoft's flight sim, and then we'll see who's talking. <laughs> it's fair. But yeah, no, I but, know what you're saying though, and, but and yeah. I think that's why like phone games are so mm-hmm. insanely popular is because it's it's like it's not a I mean, that's probably what it, what it, you know, it might feel like. And, and I don't know, cause I, I mm-hmm. have that experience, but like, it's like, oh, this is a fucking flight simulator controller. And to me and you, it's just like a PlayStation controller, you know? Yeah. Um, so when I'm thinking about, uh, just to, to put a cap on that, when I'm thinking about buying new games for my mom, right? When I'm thinking like, oh, she would probably enjoy a game like Animal Crossing for the Switch because she loved Stardew Valley. The thought is not, yeah, those two games have enough similar that she would enjoy them. The thought is she would definitely enjoy that. Can she get over the hump where she understands how to work a controller enough to actually make use of this game? Because even getting her to play Stardew Valley required us sitting her down for a couple of hours at Christmas one year and explaining to her how controls work. And that's yeah. a computer which she's used her, you know, the majority of her life. And now we're trying to say, well, would we be able to get her to enjoy this game knowing that we don't live close enough to even like sit down next to her and show her how to do it, right? So like this idea of play as enrichment and play as social interaction and play as like cognitive like keeping your cognitive skills and 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 engaging you at a like a cognition level is is something that is really interesting to us 
but there is you know it's the same thing of like hey if you had to like it is learning a new skill right it's like hey i would love woodworking but i have to learn how to do woodworking and that's not a thing that i think about frequently when i when i'm considering playing video games and 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 play for people in 2020 who would potentially be picking games up for the first time is if you don't have that baseline level of knowledge that these things are not like the experience I get out of them has an entire new experience prior to it. That is, can you get through this frustrating portion of understanding how this game controls, which is why I've come around so hard in the last like couple of years on games that have accessibility options and difficulty sliders and it's tutorialization that is like optional, but extensive um, yeah. Because I just think there are so many people who would love games if they could get over that hump. But, like, I don't blame them. There's a lot of hobbies that I would love that I just refuse to get over the hump of learning how to do them. So, Right. Yeah. And I think some of that is, like, resource-based, but definitely not all of it. Where it's yeah. like, yeah, I would kill to get into wood. Like, I actually really love woodworking be, and stuff like that. But be fucking sick, dude. I love woodworking every time I've ever done it. I, I, I You know what? I used to. Believe it or not. I yeah, used to. really? Yeah, yeah. Um, my, my my family had uh, this barn um, that they had a ton of tools in that um, dog bless my sister has right now. But that's <laughs> a lot of family shit. But anyways, um, like I, I I I used to really enjoy that. But anyways, yeah, I think some of it's a resource stuff. But honestly, like there's a ton of hobbies I could do that do not require heavy monetary amounts and like yeah you know like i could pick up like sewing or whatever but you know you have to have the right interest in it listen if mm. there's not if i'm not a i'm not if i'm not the son of hades crawling up the <laughs> underworld and fighting bulls and and glisten men then what's the point you honestly know? that's a good question <laughs> well Alex, uh, i think that's... we should close this out I think I think that's fair. I think we've meandered enough and and indulged ourselves enough because this was another self-indulgent episode, I feel like. For sure. I I tried, but I think it just ended up being like that. But I, I hope it was interesting. I don't think there's anything wrong to. with that. Yeah. I, I hope there's something interesting in here for you. If you stuck to the end, um here's the thing you won. Um Alex, can you do a funny bit real quick? Be funny. Come on. Roll over. Okay, uh, give me a second. Don't reference things people don't know about. So oh, we'll just or anything we'll just, like that. We'll just put the um, we'll put the the thing you said about um, the pasta. Oh yeah, the 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 creep yep, the yep, creepy yep. this mm-hmm. yeah the creepy yeah, creepy. We can just put that here. Yeah, please just That's put that there. I, that was I was funny. Hey, it's gonna be a real funny bit. It's something we did for warm up. Oh, you're gonna love it. Here you're it gonna is. Gonna love it. Could it be a game creepy pasta? Or should it be like we can make any kind of creepy pasta? We can make whatever sort of creepy pasta you want. Creepy tortellini, creepy linguini. <laughs> you're on. You're on. <laughs> I don't need any warmest man. I Did you hear when I said creepy linguini? <laughs> creepy linguini actually fun. got it for me. Oh, I would absolutely play creepy linguini. Famously, the prequel <laughs> to Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> That was good. Fuck That was fun. great. That was great. Um, if you enjoy our voices, why don't you come check out our voices over at um, other podcast episodes that we've done? Um, <laughs> that was a long way of saying that, but um, you can also check, check check us out on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash thoughts from player one. 
if you enjoy our voices, come check us out on twitch.tv slash thoughtsfromplayer1, where we are explicitly not doing our own voices for the remainder yeah. of these Twitch streams. Want to give them a little preview? Is that anything? Um, maybe do like... Give me, give me two characters and I'll give you one line from each character. Do Hufumi. You fuck. You absolute <laughs> fucking monster. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Let me get into it. Ugh. Yeah, I just really think that they're not giving Cyberpunk 2077 enough <laughs> due because I've watched a lot of the trailers and I don't think it can cause epilepsy. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good Thank that's you. all i needed you want to give one, me one Ooh, <laughs> the fuck do you voice yeah it's a tricky um, one huh well you could give us some celeste and then it'll be kind of like a fun little secret for everyone celeste yeah you know the character celeste? you voice celeste the, the no one that has an celeste. accent that's impossible to oh nail down. right 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 see I'm, I'm out here thinking about the 2d platformer called celeste all right. Okay, that's um, not it. I mean, unless yeah, you got uh, a different character, but I don't even fucking remember who you voice. Yeah, Celeste is a lot of fun. She switches accents all the time, all all the, all the time. <laughs> so she might she might end up talking like this, and the accents are always really bad. <laughs> or perhaps she speaks like this for a little while. You know what I mean? They're all really bad. <laughs> They're all extremely bad. There's not a single good accent in the bunch. But every now and again, you'll stumble onto Duncan doing a high southern aristocrat raid as he has to do a long monologue about turning someone into a weird pseudo-sex slave. So, you know. I don't see any cream in this coffee now, do I? <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what it was. Let's stop that talking was. about our stream. Um, <laughs> our Twitter funny. is at thoughts from P1. Um, and uh yeah that's uh that's oh my god alex i'm oh we don't do greeting cards anymore i had like a heart attack being holy shit where's our greeting card oh my god calm down we don't do greeting cards instead we do uh hold on thoughts from player one at gmail.com that's o-n-e not the letter one not the number one uh we do what to close it duncan introducing in the right corner the unstumpable michael Michael here with your plant fact of the day. If you've ever enjoyed watermelon, sunflower seeds, papayas, or strawberries, then you have bees to thank. Bees have the important ecological job of delivering pollen between plants, fertilizing them so that we may enjoy the many delicious products that plants have to offer. But did you know that bees aren't the only ones with a career in pollination? Other insect pollinators include beetles, moths, flies, and butterflies. Pollinators aren't just limited to insects either. Hummingbirds and bats can pollinate specific plant species that rely on them. Flying pollinators are the most common, but terrestrial species can pollinate plants as well. Some geckos and skinks pollinate by feeding on nectar, as well as some species of lemurs. That's your plant fact for the day. Thanks for listening. Tune in to the next episode of Thoughts from Player One for more video game discussions and plant facts.